books are like buying stocks or gold or artwork. I mean, you buy them somewhere in one of them is that thing that is going to make you happier or wealthier or wiser. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinna. Hey, I'm so honored that you took the time out to listen to this week's episode. I have a treat for you. Dustin Lee joins this week's episode, founder of Retro Supply. He's also a men- member of the Honest Designers podcast, and he runs a podcast and a blog for passive income for designers. And he shares some awesome insight and one very important thing he dives into he dives into how to sell the digital products in this day and age especially the design oriented digital products because when he first started um, a lot has changed since so listen out for that because that's gonna be like a game changer if you're interested in doing something like that. Um, so before we jump into this week's episode, remember to stop by iTunes and leave a review, a written review, and subscribe to the podcast because all of this helps the podcast to grow in the standings in um, iTunes. So without further ado, Dustin Lee. Well, I'm super excited to have Dustin Lee on the Passion Band Art Show. Like, Dustin has done so much in the design community, and he has really propelled a lot of people to kind of take risks, and he has this kind of um, my back's against the wall mentality with doing great things, and Dustin, welcome. And thank you so much for having me on. It's always fun to be to be on a podcast and uh i've been excited to meet you so thank you awesome awesome so i know you've probably done said this a whole bunch of times tell this amazing story but um give us a brief how you got into doing your thing and how did retro supply come to be yeah so i was i grew up in a really creative environment i was into drawing and music i went to one of the first uh art magnet schools in my area Mm. of the country I loved it, and then I got accepted to go to Berklee College of Music because I was first and foremost into music, secondary into visual arts. And at the last minute, I decided not to go to Berklee College of Music because I thought, I can teach myself to be an artist, but I can't teach myself how to make money as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I knew there were so many broke musicians out there, and Berklee was so expensive that I decided I'm going to focus on business and marketing, and I'll study the music on my own that fast forward years and i started working for a bank uh, got a business degree just got completely off course i was in a band but like i was way more on this business track i just got sucked into it and i was really unhappy working at the bank and eventually when me and my wife or at that time my girlfriend decided to get married i said yeah, let's do this, but I really need to quit this job and do what I love. And I wanted to do design and I want to make sure you're okay with that because we're about to get married and, you know, I'm supposed to be the provider, but I'm going to immediately, as soon as we get married not be a provider. Um, and 
And so, yeah, so I studied design and I struggled, did, you know, Craigslist, all the stuff you're not supposed to do, (laughs) Craigslist, 99 designs, uh, like too little pay working at startups or, you know, or as an in-house designer. And um, that's how I got into design. Um, Should I continue on to the retro supply part or just the design part? Sure, go ahead. I have some more questions, but go ahead, jump right into it. Okay, sure. So, so then I, I started working for a blog, I guess it would have been called at the time called pay to exist. And it was all about all the things that resonated with me succeeding at something when you don't have all the right credentials, you know, when you haven't gone to a fancy school. Um, and that resonated with me because I was trying to become a designer, but I hadn't, I spent all my money going to study business and I had just went to community college for a year for design. So it just resonated, right? Like he's talking about use your weaknesses as strengths, you know, like jujitsu almost or something like that. Um, and it was just inspiring. That's like exactly what I needed to hear because I felt so disadvantaged Mm. when it came to trying to succeed at that. And I started working for for him, and by him, his name is Jonathan Mead, who ran Paid to Exist at the time. And his whole business ran on online marketing, and I learned so much about online marketing, from building an email list, to creating sales pages, to driving traffic. It was just an, an eye-opening experience. And But I was also drinking and smoking and doing all, had some horrible habits. I and mean, I was in a lot of debt, and then I found out I had a little girl on the way, and that kind of snapped me out of it. Sometimes they call it the baby effect. I've heard it called, right? And it just snapped me out of it. And I started just making products and to sell on Creative Market, which is like a digital marketplace for design products. And I did okay. I made, I think, around $800 the first month, you know, which was I was amazed at. But then I realized nobody is yet applying the same principles they do to selling cereal, to selling cars, to selling everything else. And that that they do to design products, which is, you know, basic marketing, which is what mm. I learned working for Jonathan Mead at Paid to Exist. So I applied that. And when I applied that, it was like throwing gasoline on a fire. All of a sudden, everything worked much better. Um, gotcha. And I guess the, the rest is history. It just, it, I got in at the right time. I tried some things that worked well. And um, here I am. I'm out of debt. I don't drink, don't smoke. Got my kids. Nice. Um, the business is going well. So... So what what were some of the things that you feel like weren't being used to sell, I guess, creative project products versus you would use it for everything else, every other red, regular product? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, this was so strange to me. As designers, a big part of the job is to is to visually help sell something for a client, right? right? And yet when you would go look on Creative Market six years ago when it first started, designers were doing a horrible job of selling their own products through the visuals. People were just mm. putting, you know, a, for a brush, let's say it was a, an illustrator texture, let's say. They would just put the texture onto an image, thumbnail, and then say, vector illustrator <laughs> textures. And I mean, it was ugly looking, it was useless. And I was like, your whole job is to be an expert at convincing someone, at selling someone with their eyeballs. Right. And so that was something they weren't doing. Another thing they weren't doing was um, before and after images, right? We want to see the results we're going to get. 
Um, people weren't doing aspirational images, showing people mm. what showing people an image that makes them wish they could do that. So they want to buy it and be able to achieve that result themselves. Uh, people weren't writing just very, very basic rudimentary copywriting. For instance, bullet points of the stuff you're getting. So you know what you're actually buying. I mean, pretty important. Wow. Right? Like you're not going to buy something wow. if you don't know what's in the box. So right. I mean, we're talking about really, really basic stuff here. Um, I, I wasn't like forging some brand new area <laughs> with these concepts. It was just that I realized, whoa, no one is doing this and it's not going to be hard to stand out if I do. But those are the basic concepts. So like now, current date, like if you go on creative market now, like a lot of people are doing those things that you're talking about. Like right. how is someone even able to stand out at something like creative market? That is a really, really good question. I I was just down at Creative Market um, actually twice in this past month. I had right. I seen that. Yeah. Oh, you did you? Yeah. I saw. So yeah. I had lunch down there one time, and I did a dribble meetup the other time, and I got to talk to them a lot. And it's a bigger marketplace, and I think there's two ways to do it. And one I think is a bad way to do it, but more likely to succeed. And one is a good way to do it. The bad way is to look at what's successful currently make exactly that and then sell it for less mm. you can do that and if you can make the product equally as good or better and sell it for less you'll do great probably all right but you're going to be contributing to driving the price down to next to nothing and eventually we're all going to be broke i to me that the exciting and an interesting way to do it is to do something completely weird completely far 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 out like on the very edge of what where you're getting a small piece of the audience, but they love you because you're just being so pushing it to the edge, doing something unique. Mm, and okay. And there's a few people doing that. Um, and that's the way I think is the funnest way to do it. Um, the neatest way to do it, the most fulfilling way to do it. Um, and one more tip that people can apply is there's always new technology coming out. So for instance, affinity designer, right? is becoming really popular. It's giving. It's starting to slowly give Adobe um, a run for its money in a small way, and if you start making stuff for Affinity Designer, that's like a gap in the market, right? There's still a, right. an empty vacuum where you can make products for that. Um, so going into new technologies and getting there first is another way to get attention. Okay, makes sense. It was just interesting to me, especially after the, the points that you made on what you saw that people weren't doing. It's like, if you go on creative market now, like everybody is doing stuff like that. So it's like super hard to stand out. So I guess you kind of came in at like the perfect, perfect time. <laughs> I did, man. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'm not, uh, I think anyone who tells you that it's all them that made something work is diluting themselves and giving mm. other people um lots of reasons to feel discouraged i i, I won't lie man. i i did some things right that encouraged success or increased my chances of success but i went into that marketplace at the right time i i had a a certain set of skills that just by luck happened to match up with what people wanted those two things were luck and mm -hmm. to be honest, um, I started reading, reading a book uh, today, actually, and it's a, from um, like some world champion female poker player. I can't remember. It's called something about like making bets. Uh, is, it, is there someone named Ann Duke or something Duke? 
Not familiar. <sighs> Sorry, I can't remember. Anyways, what she said was she said, don't always assume that the input results in the outcome. So it made me start thinking, I did really well in creative market and I did all these things, but there's really no proof, just like anything, that, that that's why I succeeded. For all I know, I hit the jackpot just by pure <laughs> random chance. But but man, I think it's really, really important to like let people know that because I think people get discouraged and sad and they see mm-hmm. people do well and they think, well, I must not be as good. I must not be as smart. I'm not as clever as this other person. Man, the, people get lucky. People have yeah. certain friends they meet. I mean, everyone's in different circumstances. And I think it's so important that people realize that successful people aren't aren't better or clever or trickier or more deserving than other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people need to hear that because it eats at you. I remember before when I was in debt and struggling, it ate at me, man. I feel you. I mean, it makes sense because, like, I could be on the outside looking in and saying, you know, I see Dustin, what he accomplished. Now he's running it on his own site. And, like, you, I go to start following down the same trend. Now it wouldn't be – I wouldn't run into the same situation. Exactly. Yeah. And if someone pushed the reset button on me and had me do it again – I could very easily be the person struggling to try to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It makes sense. Uh, Timing and stuff like that does matter a lot. It it does. And I I mean, I don't think it's a reason to not try it all. Right. I just think, you know, I feel like you probably feel this way too um, from how you're reacting to the things I'm saying that you just can't put all your weight of what makes you happy onto that. I was. And more and more every year I'm realizing can't put your happiness on am i going to have this many dribble followers am i going to make this much money as a designer because it might not ever happen and when it does i think people will be disappointed to find out it doesn't make them as happy as they think Mm. man that's 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 some good advice right there that's some good advice because it it helps to give you perspective yep so so uh, um what would you say was like you probably touched on it a little, but what would you say was like the hardest, the the, the struggle, the hardest struggle you had to overcome during this whole process? Before I started Retro Supply and I was working for Paid to Exist, I had a really unique opportunity. So the whole thing that we sold on Paid to Exist was a course, and it was five hundred dollars, and it would teach you how to make your first business as a solopreneur, mm-hmm. single person making a business, right? I got to see so many people because they'd be in the forums. You could watch them go through the classes. You could watch what they created and, and, and what their thoughts were on what they created. And I got to see so many people and what they were de- doing through that. And then I created Passive Income for Designers, which is kind of a site where I kind of share my ideas on what I think works and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. I've, got, I've done a course on that where I paid really close attention to what people did. And you would think people fail because... They don't have the best idea or they're not, they don't have enough talent. But the reason, the thing that people struggle with, and to answer your question correctly, what I struggled with for so long was not doing anything. The biggest thing that stops people is that they don't put something out and commit to making it. People commit to an idea, for instance, like with the podcast, you got this podcast, right? You're making episodes of it. You're recording it. You're probably editing it yourself, right? Which I hate, by the way, editing podcasts. The worst, <laughs> right? You're doing that. You're posting it. And it's not perfect, right? I mean, right. it never right. is. 
but you're right. doing it. And right. as a result, you're getting somewhere, you know? Exactly. So I would say the, the biggest thing to overcome for me and I think for most people is that they simply don't actually put something out. I mean, I still struggle mm. with it. It's so hard to put stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, I feel like sometimes we, we spend so much time trying to research or trying to figure it out. We kind of talk, our, talk ourselves out of it. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And when I was watching these people do that, they would do this, do that. You know, they come up with an idea. And next thing you know, they were talking about their target market. And they were talking about what should I name this? And what domain name should I get? And before they'd even made anything, they had talked themselves out of it or got themselves so bored from talking about it that they never did it. And then the cycle repeats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough. If we could just get... People that just, I think, um, I know Ian was doing it too, but um, what's his name? Stefan? I think it's Stefan, the other lettering artist. Um, he had this thing going on saying that um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Done, done is better than perfect or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's it, I, I, I'm trying to take that on, that done is better than perfect. Oh, for sure. I mean... You know, it's it's kind of the whole if a tree falls in the woods thing, right? Like, if right. you make if you make something but it never gets released and nobody ever sees it, did you ever really make it? <laughs> mm. You know, that is true. That is true. That is true. So, in regards to retro supply, I see you do a lot of things with like other designers. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that even come about? And like, what's some of the, like the long term goals in regards to that? It came about for two reasons. Uh, the, the first reason was something I had learned from different business experiences was you have to differentiate yourself. And the more you can differentiate yourself in a way that's hard to replicate, the more likely you are to survive, right? right. And so with Retro Supply, I really quickly saw in Creative Market, I saw, oh, this is like, like a gold rush. People are flooding the marketplace. More and more people are competing. And I knew for sure I was not the most talented person doing this. So I thought, how can I differentiate myself? And one really strong way to do that that's very hard to replicate is to get other people that are talented designers to collaborate with you on a project. So, for mm. instance, I made a font with Hutzpah Design Co. Right. Seen that. Yeah. That most people aren't going to be able to do that either because they can't afford to pay someone that talented to work with them. Or because once that person has worked with you, they're not going to do the same thing with someone else. Then I'm the only person that has that. Even right. better example is Brad Woodard. We've done. Um, he's a, he owns a company called Brave the Woods. Does a lot of like kind of children's book inspired illustrations, posters, packaging, and we've worked together so long, we're so close that he wouldn't go to someone else and sell products. So when we collaborate, if you want something like that, you're only going to find it with right. Retro Supply. So. It helps to differentiate. The second reason is because Dribble made me so angry. Whenever I look on Dribble at a post, have you ever seen this? You'll look at Dribble and like someone will be like, "Love your work." Like, what's that font? You ever seen that as a comment? Yeah, right, 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 right. And yeah. then the person never answers, or like the the designer the designer that made it they'll answer everything. They'll be like, "Thank you." People will be like, "You're the best. You're amazing." And they answer right. And then someone says, "What's that font you used?" And it's like radio silence. Or they'll be like, what's that texture you used? And like, it's radio silence. People don't want to tell you. And it annoyed me so much that I thought, I'm going to get these great designers. And then together with that designer, we're going to share secrets. 
We're going to give mm. these secrets to people. We're going to charge a little bit for them, but we're going to dig so deep into that secret and get that secret out there. Um, so in, in that way, that was kind of like solving my own problem or cool. maybe a better word is my own annoyance with the design <laughs> culture. Oh, nice, nice. So like, what would, is this like something like, what's some of the, like the next level kind of things in regards to it, like collaborating with people where mm. retro supply is concerned? Cause I don't know. It just fascinates me because you're, you, you wanting to do that. You know what I mean? Cause in some sense, you know, we want to shine and each time you collaborate with someone else, they're taking the shine and there's a possibility that some that person they could leave you and go to that person yeah it's true uh yeah that's true that's a pretty good insight because yeah it's absolutely true and i've thought about that a lot and i think it's taken years and i still feel this way just a lot less that uh that yeah that could happen people could do that but Something that I think has been encouraging is when I first started, I thought, oh, no, if this person makes something similar to me, I'm going to go out of business. Right. If this person that partnered with me makes something. So, for instance, someone that partnered with me made something very successful with me. And now they're going off and making their own thing. Mm-hmm. When I first started, oh, man, I'd be so stressed. I'd be like, what am I going to do? I got to save money. I got to cut. I got to I got to like save more money because this whole thing, this, this ship is sinking. Right. <laughs> and now that. I've seen this happen so many times. I realize there's room for everybody. I mean, mm. sure, someone could come in and make, I don't know, retro warehouse, you know, right? And then just make the exact same products. And that would be eating into me. But that would be like, you know, infringement, right? Like, right, that, that right. would be, be a little bit, a little ethical problems going on. There. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be evil. And I would fight that. But in terms of somebody else coming along and making something or someone that I partner with doing it. There's room for everybody at the table. If you're doing your own thing and you're putting your own unique spin on it, there's room for everybody at the table. And in fact, one of the most freeing things emotionally for me was to realize that a lot of times you're, the people who you consider to be your competitors could be your friends. Right. Think of them as partners. Think of them as people that you can partner with things on, grow your audience with, come up with new things that you couldn't do by yourself with. And when I started thinking of it that way... It was like soothing to my soul instead of staying awake at night, worrying about what they were doing. Are they still up working? You know? So as we let's segue to that point, I got a lot of that from Creative South. It's just like no one is quote unquote competitors. It's like, let's just all do something great together. Like, how did you even get connected to Creative South? Uh, so I got created, uh, uh, connected through Lenny Terenzi. You know Lenny? Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't even know why I ask anymore. Every person I ever ask if they know Lenny, <laughs> especially if they're on the East Coast somewhere, is like, yeah, I know Lenny. So Lenny Terenzi, and for people that listen to the podcast that don't know Lenny Terenzi, um, as you know, is like a screen printer, designer, very involved in, I think he's the president of his section of AIGA. Um, yeah, I think so. Either president or vice president, one of the yeah, two. one of the two. Something like he's just he he's involved in everything in terms of community. He really enjoys helping people and and just that social aspect of the community. And 
he was a customer of mine, like from like almost day one. And one day mm. he just wrote me and was like, you want to come out and do a workshop at a conference? Nice. And I, I was like, maybe like serious. I couldn't believe it, honestly. And then he was like, yeah, we'll fly, we'll pay for your flight. We'll pay for your hotel. I've never had anyone pay for my flight or hotel anywhere. I couldn't believe it. So I, we'll pay for your ticket. And that's, that's how it got started. He invited me, mm. me and him became good friends. Um, the workshop I did was it, it sold out if I remember correctly. Mm. And that led to repeatedly doing different things with them and stuff like that. Nice, nice, nice. I always like to hear everybody's like, you know, how you got connected to Creative South Journey because it's, it's just like this little family that's being created, and it's pretty awesome. It really is, didn't you? Said you know Mike, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that was too. I'm sure you can relate to this. Just go. I went to that, and I realized like it, it's not competitive at all when you go it's not intimidating to be around there's great designers there but it's not intimidating it's to me i look at it like a summer camp every year you go right to, you, <laughs> that is you, so true right you go to it like you can you can technically call it work but really you're just hanging out with friends everyone no there's no big egos everyone's just hanging out having like good food together walking around town listening to speakers it was just I met some of the most, I start. I, I built some of the most meaningful relationships that I've had in the past decade through that. It's just so good. If, if you haven't been, anyone listening, if you haven't been to a conference, go. And a great first one is Creative South. It's so warm. And Mike is like just this super amazing, nice, kind guy. It, yeah. Yeah. Love it's it. It's amazing. <laughs> so... Who would you say like uh, is Dustin's support circle? Those people that you know, what I mean, picks you up. Some those people that you draw energy from. Who oh. you say those people are? I wish I thought about that more. I'd be um, curious to know what those are for you too. Um, but for me right now, uh, my wife and kids. Uh, my wife has been really supportive. I mean, from the time that I started and was broke. To when I was, mm. to when I was, you know, drinking, struggling, she stood by me. Um, you know, for right now, for instance, we're recording this podcast. I said I'm doing a podcast tonight. She said, "Okay, I'll get the girls." I, I think they went on a walk. You know, they right. went on a walk to make sure be quiet for us, so right. so you can right. get a good recording, right? I mean, she's just always doing stuff like that. So my wife has been amazing. And you know your kid. Do you have kids? Yes, yes, I do. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. What do you What do you got? Four, three girls, one boy. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, I got two <laughs> girls, one boy. I think I could go for one more girl. I love my girls, love my boy. But um, something about those girls is cracking me up. My little boy's only six <laughs> months, so he st- doesn't quite. You know, he's he's still right, kind of right, just sitting right. checking everything out. But yeah, you know, kids are so motivating, um, and mm-hmm. they prioritize life. Um, but other than that, Lenny. You know, Lenny Trenzi has been super supportive. Um, uh, and then there's just like a couple a couple friends that I've had. Jonathan Mead, who was the person that owned, paid to exist or did own it. Um, he literally, right when we got on this call, he texted me and was like, hey, we should get together, hang out. Um, mm-hmm. And my brother. Nice. That's about it for me. Um, what about you? I, I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't, think I, I don't think I spent enough time thinking about that or spending time investing in that. 
For me, um, of course, my wife and kids, as you said, I think there's a line you said that kind of stands out the most. It's like my kids kind of put everything in, like, importance order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even, like, if I'm taking on a project, it's like I price it as per my kids is losing this time. So it's just like, is it worth my kids losing this time for a $200 project or a $500 project or a $1,000 project? You know what I mean? It's just like, so it's just like all of these different perspectives. But my kids, my wife, and um, I, I'm trying my best to appreciate something that you said earlier. When you just those simple things as the time that our spouse gives us to do our thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to appreciate that more. You know what I mean? Because she does give me a ton of time to do whatever. The, you know, all the stuff that we want to do. All the stuff that we want to build. She yes. gives me so much time to do that. Uh, so I, I And um, Diane Gibbs, I would have to say, as far as creative, Mike for sure. Um, and then I, um, my church family. So it's 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 I'm pulling from different areas and my good um I know you were a creative self this year. I don't know if you know the guy that did Logo Wave. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, he um he did Logo Wave at Creative Self. It's, it's kinda like a logo competition. He he runs that. Um Kyle Courtright. Like and yeah, so we have like a little text group that we kind of encourage each other and kind of throw stuff off each other and stuff like that but um those are the main people because those are the people i'm talking to probably almost a couple times a week of course i can't forget my mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but you know those are those those that for me that's what kind of you know yeah i know i'm pretty sure uh, if i'm missing someone you're super special but yeah, <laughs> you know, you always there's always that that one person, but those are the people because I'm always talking to them, and um, you know, especially Diane, she kind of does some things for me that like I didn't, I don't expect, and no matter how much I try to tell her don't, she'll do it anyways. Oh man, same for me. And when you said Diane, I was like, oh, <laughs> I felt convicted. I was like, man, she's got to be on the list because I feel like, can't say it better than that. She's done stuff for me that. <laughs> I no no way should have expected from anyone. She's just she just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. It's one of a kind. I, I appreciate her so much. One of a kind. One of a kind. Yeah. So how did the whole connection with honest designers? Because you're like the only person on there with, because we're coming from America's perspective without an accent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how did, <laughs> so how how did that connection come about? Uh, well, Tom, who um, was sort of was the person who came up with the idea of doing as a podcast. Initially, it was just a mastermind group. Mm. And Tom, for people that don't know, is the owner of Design Cuts, which is, uh, in my opinion, like the the best design discount bundle company out there. Right? There's a lot of them, but he based his company on, or I guess not based, but he was inspired by companies like Zappos. Okay. You know, who just care about great customer service. He's invested uh, ridiculous amounts of money Mm. into staff to make sure he's taking care of customers. Um, Anyways, we had a mastermind and I I was one of his early partners when he started Design Cuts, as was Ian and Lisa. And originally it was just 
kind of like you you have you know with your with uh, your designer friends. It was really just something to to vent, to encourage each other, mm-hmm. to get feedback on how can I do this better mm-hmm. or what are you doing that's working? You know, here's what I'm doing that's working. And after like two or three meetings doing that, he was like, you know, we should record this because. I bet this would be useful to a lot of people. <laughs> and it, it just became a podcast. But I guess the reason I was involved was because me and him, him had a relationship for like four years prior. Okay, cool. cool. And, and we had always kind of just been, um, he's always been very uh, true to his word with me. Mm-hmm. And I have with him and it just, you know, built a, a good relationship like it i like it i like it so what would you give me the best recommendation for a book best book recommendation yeah um well i'll give you i'll give you one and then i'll give a follow-up gotcha um so the one that i find myself coming back to all the time is meditations by marcus aurelius Mm, i've heard about this Uh, so good it's um so there's a whole line of philosophy or category of philosophy called stoicism um i don't know the exact dates of it but i I believe it started it's like a little bit um like i want to say (laughs) pre-jesus that's a funny way to put it (laughs) this this stuff all floated around that time right right right, like right right, maybe like 200 years before jesus was born right this whole thing started and um marcus aurelius was the last true stoic he was the the like leader of rome or whatever Mm. and he wrote meditations in his tent they believe at night for himself so these were essentially a journal every Mm. night him writing things to himself to give himself perspective the whole idea behind stoicism is focus on the things you can you can control Ignore the things you can't control and accept the worst or expect the worst, which Mm. sounds negative, but he meant it more like, don't be surprised when your kid walks in the door when you're recording a podcast, right? Or (laughs) don't be surprised when you release your first product on creative market and no one buys it. it. Don't be surprised when you don't hit your 100,000 listeners mark on your podcast. I mean, you know, like, so he was like, accept those things. And then you won't feel so disappointed when things don't work out. Um, but anyway, so he wrote these meditations in his tent. And he never wanted them to be for public consumption. In fact, he even wrote um, near his death, he requested that they be burnt. Wow. Well, when they saw him, they didn't burn him. They saved him. And um, the writing is just so clear and vivid. And I think it's because he didn't have an audience and he didn't intend to have an audience. So he didn't try to flower up the writing. Right. He didn't try to impress anyone. He wrote very straight from the heart to himself. And as a result, um, I find that like it resonates with me. Um, the advice is really solid. Mm. So that would be my first book recommendation. Plus, it's in very, the translations are in very clean, easy to understand, seven to ten word sentences in English. You know, it's not <laughs> like you need to be like a professor of literature to understand it when you read it. Um and then the second book is one I have right here, actually. It's called Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. Okay. Um, not sure if you're are you familiar with that book. No, I've never heard of it. It's by a, it's by a man who created a, something called CD Baby. It was the first website where you could sell your CDs online. Mm. And it just has some basic principles in it. But uh, there's a few that I love. For instance, he says... Uh, 
Making a company is a great way to improve the world while improving yourself. Business is not about money. It's about making dreams come true for others and for yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, the real point of doing anything is to be happy. So do only what makes you happy. Mm. He built the whole business off these off these philosophies. It's a super thin. Again, I'm a big fan of really <laughs> straightforward, easy, easy to read. Digestible <laughs> books. Yeah, you know, I need instant gratification. I know I can finish this. Right, right. right. It's, it, people can't see, but it's as thin as a candy bar. I mean, it's it's a super thin book. But um, yeah. So those two. I like that. I like I like that. I may I may try that on that. Check check those out for sure. Check those out for sure. So let's get just jump to. I don't know if you saw the question. Let's jump to the product. That product or that thing that you kind of feel like you can't live without. And I said no phone because like almost when I first brought this question, everyone is like, of course, my cell phone, my phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, my books, first of all, mm -hmm. I'm a big just book fanatic i have so many books i've purchased that i haven't read but i i consider that to be a healthy habit right you know because i always think to myself i can't read i might not read all this book i might not even crack it open sometimes but if i open it someday and find even one sentence there's been some books in fact almost everything in my life that's made a real big change in my life mm -hmm. has been just like a sentence in a book right there was one sent there was one like paragraph in a book i read a couple years ago that added like sixty seventy thousand dollars probably to my bottom line mm such a basic idea in this one book and i think about it all the books i've ever bought that paid for every single one right like yeah times if you think older, about it right? yes yes this is like it's worth it after all right so like books are like buying stocks or gold or artwork i mean mm -hmm. you buy them somewhere in one of them is that thing that is going to make you happier or wealthier or wiser mm -hmm. whatever um but if i was going to talk about something other than books um i would say just because <laughs> just because I use it every day, my Chemex coffee maker. <laughs> Life I drink a lot of coffee. You can see it. I have it right here, um, but I love Chemex coffee maker. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Every morning. Cool. So um, let's go back a little. This music musician venture. Did you ever take it anywhere? Do you still play music? And what instrument? Because I'm like a music fiend. Oh, do you play an instrument? I sing. Oh, nice. I wish I could sing. <laughs> I feel like singing is one of those things where you can practice and get pretty good if you're bad. But some people can just sing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. True. Some people You spend 20 it. years practicing and you can get your pitch down. You can get where it sounds pretty good when you sing. And then someone else just walks in and they yeah. just can project yep. and it yep. feels good. Um, but yeah, I, I play. A, you can kind of see them behind me. I have a. Oh, okay. Nice. I think that's a. Wait, is it a 1962 Fender Stratocaster reissue? So it, they, it's even like aged to feel old. And then right there, I got uh, kind of new to me. It's a um, mid priced Martin acoustic, uh, om almost like a triple O style, mm -hmm. kind of a little smaller one. So you still do? But, you, um, do you still I, play? I, I still play them. Mostly I play them um, to my kids. I'll sit, you know, and I'll play songs that like resonate with me, like ones that bring me back to my teenage years or early 20s. Um, but I don't play in bands anymore. I don't record. I don't put any pressure on myself purely, purely for the joy of doing it. I used to play at my church, mm -hmm. but yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, I still, still sing. 
I still sing all the time. Still sing. You, you sit. You record or do you I, sing I, in the band? Or um, or? I was. Well, I sing at my church. I. I mean, I am in the middle of a project, recording actually. I'm running into some nice. some studio stuff, some studio working out. So kind of put that on delay. But once I get that straightened out, but yeah, I I mean, it's not something that I would say I would classify myself as a singer. It's just one of them things that you know how to do. And I I'd rather say I did it and didn't work out than not do it at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I uh, I tried to, I tried to make a band work in my 20s. I was in the band for six years, and it never went anywhere. Large, largely because, well, mostly because we didn't have the proper talent required to get there, <laughs> but also because we weren't good marketers. Um, but no, I'm with you. I mean, music makes man, music makes you feel good. I, I noticed. You know, music's kind of like sports, you know, right. it's like it takes so much concentration to do it that you can't think about all the things that are stressing you out because it takes just enough of your mind mm-hmm. to do it, yep. but it forces all the other stuff out. It's like a blo- form of yeah, meditation. you got to block everything out. You just have to, or else you're not going to get it right. Yeah, yeah. You can't be thinking about what you're going to bid on that client's project or whatever, like when you're trying to sing a song. It can't be done. Right. That makes sense. So what's the first hour of Dustin's day like? now uh i've tried all sorts of different things but lately um so a couple things i just got this book i've been seeing forever um it's actually a journal it's called the five minute journal okay so um every day it has the same questions real 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 simple um says i'm grateful for and you list three things you're grateful for what would make today great and you list three things that would make today great and then a daily affirmation i am dot 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 nice so I start by filling that out. That takes, I mean, five minutes. Called the five minute journal. Um, and then I make coffee, and then I tend to think about what's the most important thing I want to get done today. Okay. Um, and I'm, to be honest, horrible at sticking to that thing. I always feel like I want to get five things done when I really should focus on one. But my first hour of the day generally starts with me trying to focus on that one important thing, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of strays. <laughs> different ways <laughs> uh, i like that five minute journal where did you get that from um i actually found this when i was um in uh santa barbara okay but it, yeah it's called the five minute journal it's created by alex looks like icon i-k-o-n-n I, and i just like the questions like the whole idea of just like Sometimes, you know, some journals are just like blank pages and you just got to get up and write. And it's like, I don't have anything to write. So the fact that it has questions kind of gives you this, you know what I mean? This head start, which I like. Exactly. Too much pressure, right? <laughs> well, what's great too about this one is at the end of the day, you write again. Mm. And it says three amazing things that happened today. Nice. And then it says, how could I have made today even better? I like that. Um and, and the point of it is not to like increase productivity. In fact, it has a whole intro to it. The, the whole point of it is um, to just help you to become more conscious of things that you should be grateful for and to be more conscious of who you want to become. Mm-hmm. So, so far, I, I don't know. I'm only like, I don't know, 10 days, 15 days I've been doing it, yeah. but I enjoy it. Makes sense. Makes sense. 
So what's next? What's next for Dustin? What's in the horizon? What's the next big venture? I don't know. We have a couple of things um, planned. Um, uh, I'm definitely expanding this passive income for designers. Hmm. So, um, and, and for people listening, you can check it out. It's passiveincomefordesigners.com. I'm expanding that into um, launching a course for the second time. Uh, this one will be much... The first one, I, I think, was very good. Um, and the people the people that really applied themselves and, like I said, shipped things out the door like we were talking about, right. um, experienced success. This one, I've created a class with uh, LinkedIn Learning, okay. uh, which I can't, I can't discuss what it's about, but I did um, learn a lot about how, how do you design a class, how do you educate people, how do you make videos, all sorts of things like that. So I'm excited about this course. Um, we're also talking about creating. Um, it had occurred to me that you know, just like in World War II, like the last Holocaust survivors, the last World War II fighters, like they're all passing away right now, right? Right. And so a lot of like documentary filmmakers, authors, different people are documenting those people's lives and experiences. So we have that on the public record. Um, so future generations can remember this stuff really happened. Here's the people. Right. Um, and in a very, and in the same way, a lot of people that were pre digital age in terms of design, you know, um, woodcut, wood, woodcut or block printing or letterpress or, um, sign painting. Um, those people, the last people of those people are going to be gone soon. Right right that remember that is the primary way that design was done so um me and a couple of friends have been talking about doing a project where we go around and just document those people mm. it, it, it's not nearly as noble or as important in my opinion to the world as you know documenting. Oh, i'm not trying to comp- i'm not trying to compare it to you know right. people in wars and things like that i'm just trying to say like it occurred to me well these people we need a record of these people mm-hmm. in design they're so important yep. and it would be a shame to not have records of what these people's thoughts were mm-hmm. if that makes sense that, that, that sounds very, that, that um, sounds um very interesting but i don't mean it that way sounds very interesting yeah so i'm excited about that and then honestly um trying to figure out how how to work less i it's called passive income for designers but i i find myself I have trouble stopping and being quiet and resting. Mm. And um, I'm, I think I'm probably closer than I think to being able to just stop and be happy. I mean, I could keep trying to stockpile money. And I don't mean by that that I'm not rich. I don't have <laughs> ridiculous amounts of money. But I think I'm at a point where maybe when I'm older, I might look back and say, you should have... They sacrificed yeah. a little bit of money, invested some more of it, and spent more time with your children. Mm-hmm. Not fretted about who's making illustrator brushes this week that I should be <laughs> worried about. <laughs> yeah, that's always the, um, I guess, the, 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 the thought, you know, what am I missing out on, especially when it comes to your wife and kids, your family? What are you missing right. out on versus trying to build this thing? What am I going to regret later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. Nice. So, um, briefly, give us a, like a little bit of a gist of passive income for designers. 
Yeah, so it started um, when I when I experienced a taste of success on Creative Market. Creative Market reached out to me and said, "Will you write some articles on on how people can up their game in selling products on Creative Market?" And so I wrote some articles, and they got a really good reception. And I've always liked the idea of writing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once I got invited to go to um, Creative South and do a workshop on it like we were discussing earlier, I realized I should make a site on this and I should start to document this. And so I started recording podcast episodes where I interview um, other people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of grown from there. Really, at this point, it's pretty much just a free resource where you can get inspiration from people making you know a little side hustle, making extra money. Um, you can go listen to those for free on the site. Don't have to sign up for anything. Um, if you do sign up, there's like a five-day course where I just go through, here's the basic fundamental things, a lot of the things we just talked about, right. um, to doing it. That's basically what it is. Nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, again, Dustin, like you've been just being very transparent and uh, just dropping knowledge and just being open, and I really appreciate it. But before we go, let's... Um, what advice would you have for creatives or someone that's just trying to build their thing? What advice would you have for them? Um, I think the best advice, the easiest advice, and the hardest advice to follow is um, just realize it will all work out mm. in the end. And that nothing is as important or special as you think it is. Um, your design career will get where it gets. And you can choose to be happy where that is. Or you can choose not to. Mm. Um, but choose to be happy with that. And uh, and just realize that all these things that we think are so important. You know, get, getting all those followers or being admired by people or making X amount of money. I mean, well, not, it's such a cliche, man, but it's so true. It will not make you happy. I, I've had months where, you know, we made last Christmas, we made like $70,000 in a month. Mm. It's not all profit, but I mean, a large part of that was profit. Right. But I spent Thanksgiving evening preparing for Black Friday while everyone around me was talking, eating food, hanging out. What do you do with seventy thousand dollars? I mean, you can go buy yourself a fancy car if you yeah, want. Right, I guess, right, but right, right. I guess the point is, is take it from someone that has a little bit that I already have enough, and I realize I don't need any more. Hmm. These people, like I don't even know who Kim Kardashian, or someone <laughs> who's, a ri- who's the richest celebrity in the world. I always think of Kardashians for some reason. <laughs> It's not making him happier. One of the most inspiring things I saw was from Justin Bieber. And I feel so funny saying that because I'm not a big <laughs> fan of Justin Bieber. Um, in fact, I'm not a fan of Justin Bieber. But there was some sort of gala going on. And he didn't go to it. And he posted this thing on Instagram. And he was like, don't believe any of this stuff you see on, on Instagram with these celebrities. Like, it's not funner. They're not having more fun than you. Mm. They're not happier than you. Their life is, they're not living their best life and you're living the bad life. Mm. It's so true. Just be, just go for the ride. Do the stuff you love. Go for the ride and don't worry so much, man. I love that, man. 
That was sorry that was long winded, but it's so true, man. Don't worry so much. I think I'm talking to myself probably more than anybody with that, but Yeah, I like that. Don't worry so much. Cause we sure do tend to like just get consumed by worry. We do. It's so easy. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you know how it is. You ha you know, you have your kids, right? They you look at those little kids. Look how happy those kids are. Yeah. Those kids don't care, Not a care if you in make. The world. They don't care if you make ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars a year or six hundred thousand dollars a year. They just care when you pay attention to them. Yep. They care when you play with Play-Doh with them. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. When you, yep. when you play treasure hunting with them, whatever they like to do. Mm -hmm. That is Man, that is wise, so man. true. That is so true. So true, bro. So true. Yep. So how can, where can people go to find you, learn more about what you're doing? Uh, if you want to buy products for design, um, like if you want to experiment with brushes and things like that, you can go to RetroSupply at RetroSupply.co. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn about building a side hustle, building a passive income, you can go to PassiveIncomeForDesigners.com. And if you want to just, like we were referring to with um, the Honest Designer Show, if you want to hear like a diverse group of four people in the design field talk intelligently and not intelligently about design <laughs> you can you can just google honest designers and uh i don't know what the url is for it, but if you google honest designers will pop up and you can listen to us there too well dustin bro i really appreciate you coming on like it was freaking awesome talking to you man. it was great talking to you i'm so i'm so glad we got to meet uh hope we'll get to do this again not not recording, recording, whatever. It'd be great to talk to you again. Well, for now, I'm going to let you go. But thanks again, Dustin. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope it brought you a ton of value. Um, I hope you're ready to kind of build your thing. It may be into starting digital products. Whatever it may be, I hope this episode was a big help for you and to show you that you know what don't worry so much um it's a combination of not worrying about everything and also pushing forward you know what just constantly pushing forward so remember stop by itunes and leave in a review and subscribe to the podcast and thank you so much for all of you that share and listen to the podcast it really means a ton to me um you just don't know how much this means to me when i can see that people are sharing it and just leaving reviews and just talking about the podcast on social media it really gives me insight on what's going on on the other end of the the mic the speakers so thanks again be blessed <laughs>